Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Have I told the tampon cake story? I mean, tell it now. But also, fuck you, Annie. <laughs> you're in that window. <laughs> I'm cute enough for a pervert to start touching me, but not enough for general public to come save me. <gasps> wow. I've always wondered if I was an evil genius, and now I know. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. It's my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the fantastic comic, Erica Ehler. (laughs) How are you, Erica? I'm okay. (laughs) Surviving? Yeah. It's become a very loaded question that, how are you? (laughs) How are you? (laughs) People are like actually giving real answers now as opposed to when it was like a normal time yeah we'll just say, good but now we'll we'll unload our trauma now yeah yeah quite nice. i think people are going to be better off like after all this we're gonna confront the reality yeah do you think even in the uk people will be more open with that question oh, the uk is so far you are an i see i see yeah it's god when i first moved over here so a common like greeting here is people like are you all right and to me that sounded like are you all right so i'd be like thank you so much for asking and i would just like offload like i'm really homesick I would get I would get offended when they would ask me that because I would be like, do I look sad or something like like uh, is something wrong with me that you need to ask me? Am I all right? But someone had to explain like, no, it just means like, how's it going or or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, like the implication has much more connotations in, in America and Canada, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. It felt like an accusation too. like what? I'm fine. (laughs) I had a friend that used to do that. She'd be like, how are you? And I'd be like, great. She'd be like. Oh, are you really? <laughs> and I feel bad because, like, generally, fine. And sometimes I make shit up. Hannah like, is a walking I... Disneyland. 
Yeah. Do you know what sucks about that is you sound like you're in denial if you don't say, okay, you got me. I'm terrible. Like if you really are okay, you just sound like you're lying. What a, what a setup. But that's like how like women are allowed to be like proud of their bodies and stuff. So it's like, you have to go like, oh, I'm sad about my hips, I guess. Like just to join in, <laughs> even if you're really body positive. <laughs> sad about my hips. That's a Shakira song, isn't it? It's yeah, <laughs> a good one. Okay. Um, so Erica, we always ask the same question on this podcast. Have you ever been victim of a crime? Yeah, I have. Yeah, just one I can really think of, which I guess means I'm quite fortunate in life. <laughs> yeah, when I was like I think five or four, I was on the subway with my mom downtown and it was like packed and I, uh, I wanted in to- In Canada? S- yeah, in Canada. And- um, yeah, in downtown Toronto. And I wanted to sit down and there was an empty seat next to this like older man. So I sat down. My mom was not far away, you know, could see me and everything. But then this old man started like touching my hair. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Ugh. And obviously like my mom got involved, was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Then yeah. some other lady. So, but like everyone was like, I think the most saddest part about this story is that everyone for the most part was just bystanders and just like did not think that and I was like a cute kid too you're like you should be <laughs> running to like try and save me like one of my friends was like oh I hope I have a baby that looks like you <laughs> so yeah really make me questioning I'm cute enough to for a pervert to start touching me but not enough for the general public to come save me everyone's just like we wish we could do that too yeah <laughs> Too bad we have boundaries and ethics. God. <laughs> but this wow. wo- this Ooh. woman did step in, like not okay. like this random woman um, sat down next to him. He started touching her hair and she went at him being like, why are you touching everyone? Ooh. Like what's wrong with you? And then wow. she ended up pulling the emergency button on the subway. Oh, wow. wow. And, you know, the cops came, but everyone on the subway was mad. They were mad that it had stopped. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like a really like, you know, this is how the real world is. People don't give a fuck. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah. Age five. That's fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah, That's an early introduction to cynicism, I think. So like the deal is like, oh, it's rush hour. So like pedophiles are fine. What's the. I uh, I can't be late. I honestly don't even think it was rush hour. Like there was standing room. But as a kid, you Mm. know, you if you if it stops, you don't know how to ground yourself. So I think that's why my mom wanted me to sit down yeah yeah and also they should have let like people should have got up so that you and your mom could sit together and have a nice safe family seat yeah i i think that's like i mean i've lived in a few big cities and it's it's crazy how you're just in like your own world i mean this is gonna make me sound like i'm like some great person i'm not but like (laughs) the amount of times like there's been like an older woman who can barely stand up right. I'm like here take my seat and she's like oh are you sure it's like they're shocked that someone I'm like this no this should be how it is yeah, yeah. I remember having the opposite of that when I felt awful like everyone was sat down on the tube it was quite busy and a very old lady got on with her daughter who was also very old and her daughter said um she just openly said oh I suppose no one's gonna stand up then and then everyone on the like the thing like all stood up at the same time when they saw this really old woman but everybody was just looking at their phones. Nobody had noticed. Yeah. And I'm pleased she called people out. Yeah, just ask because people are so in these like worlds, aren't they? Everybody wanted to stand like, up. And, like nobody sat back down again. Everyone was just like, I, just, I stand now. That's just me. Just in I case know. another old lady and her old daughter come in, <laughs> we'll keep this Wait, free. But, like we've all been on both sides of that in like. Mm. Like when I was in my early 20s and I was commuting and I was reading or something, this very heavily pregnant woman got on and did like a speech, like, you know, when homeless people get on and they're like, so I'm just trying to get enough money. It was like a pregnant woman going, I'm really tired and I really just want to sit down. Please, can I have one of your seats? Oh, and like, like, and I was like, I was like far enough away that I had plausible deniability. But if I had been near her, I would have jumped up. But it took me a second to even realize that she was talking, you know? Yeah. And then, and I was like, oh shit. And then like, luckily somebody was slightly more chivalrous, but loads of cunts weren't chivalrous. And, but then also when I was almost 10 months pregnant, like I wanted this kid out of me and I was on the tube, I was standing the whole 45 minute journey. And there was like literally 
some people had clocked that I was pregnant and they were like like looking at me and laughing at each other like we're not getting up for her like it was like this game to them it was like this really weird fucked up meta thing oh wow and I was trying not to make eye contact with them and then we all got off the train and this guy two seats away from them saw how pregnant I was and I was like so, so repressed that I didn't want to go can I please have someone's seat so I just stood for 40 minutes on this train and then when we all got off this guy saw me and he came running up to me to apologize that he hadn't offered me his seat because oh he never had a pregnant woman stand. And he was from Europe and it was like not long after the Brexit vote. And I was like, oh God, all of the nice people aren't from here. And like everyone that lives here is a cunt. I need to stop ranting about Brexit. I'm so sorry. Let's get back to what we were talking about. Well, I was just thinking, what would I do if I saw this scenario? I would have a moment. I would definitely not act immediately because it would sort of be like, oh, what's go- oh, what's going on here? Like this guy, does, does he know her? Like you'd sort of go through this process. But then if somebody's mom was there getting involved, I feel like I would totally pile on that. I'd be like, you all right, the this is a community yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah. Let's get this fucko away from all the hair. What happened in the end, Erica? Did like what happened? Did uh, people get to work? No, I mean what happened? Yeah, was he arrested? I don't know. So it was the woman who sat down next to him who had to deal with the transit police or whoever hmm. came to the emergency. Not call. your mom. No. I think we're she just wanted to get out of there, you know. I mean, since she wasn't the one who pulled the Oh, the emergency thing. Like the she wouldn't be complaint. the. She wouldn't be the one to deal with it. Um, okay. But yeah, I do remember they both got escorted off. And wow. Yeah. I mean, any experience like that as a kid is just kind of it freaks you out because it's just all this stuff, and you're like, wow, this is because of this is because of me. This is something that happened to me. Yeah. Like, That's intense. Do you remember it really clearly? Were you like, oh, great, I'm going to be safe? Or, oh, shit, this is what happens. Like, what was your take from it? It's like one of my earliest memories, I think, because it's so, like, shocking. <laughs> it's so yeah. full on. Yeah. It's intense, man. Yeah. yeah. It didn't really stop me from, like, you know, I used to go downtown a lot on my own when I was in high school to take, like, improv classes. So it didn't okay. really stop me yeah. from, you know, going yeah. there. I wasn't, like, that scared. But before that, I'd been on the subway a bunch. So I knew that it was, like, kind of like an isolated incident. But, yeah. like, to be like, oh, okay, okay, this is what they mean by like, strangers are, you know, danger. I was going to ask, did you know that it was wrong that someone was touching your head until your mom got involved? Because I was thinking at four or five, I... I I don't know if I would have immediately gone like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. I don't like, know. I assume I'm safe or something. Yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think, well, like, because the act of someone like just petting, I, and to be honest, I, I still get it now. Like when you have curly hair, people think that they have an entire, right. like I remember I was at an audition wow. and someone like in the waiting room just started <gasps> touching my hair. And I, and and I didn't get it either because they had similar kind of hair and I was like, why? <laughs> why can't you just touch your own? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's very odd, but oh, that's a that's a twist. Yeah. I definitely, own. <laughs> I definitely didn't understand the malice behind it. That's yeah. for sure. Like yeah, I was yeah. just kind of like confused, and obviously, when I think my my mom got mad and the other woman got involved, and I was like, I was scared at that point. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I think yeah. It is only yeah. when your like parents get worried about things as a kid that you go. Oh shit, that was that was bad. And this is completely and utterly the opposite of this isn't the same thing. But I remember when my mum used to work nights as a nurse. And so she'd be in bed, she'd be sleeping in the day, and we'd be like just running around the house doing whatever. And um I remember I put a chicken breast in the microwave because I wanted some chicken. And I just microwaved it for a bit and ate it. Oh. And I told God. my mum, she was like, Did you have something to eat? And I was like, Oh, I microwaved the chicken. And she was like, and I remember it's the first time I heard her swear, she just went, shit. And then, <laughs> And I was absolutely fine. It turns out you can just smash a chicken breast into the uh, microwave. I do not recommend it. But it is that thing. I remember that in her eyes, I was like, what have I eaten? What have I done? So it is, yeah. It's, yeah. it's that thing of I was safe. Am I not safe now? Why are you looking like that? Yeah. This... yeah why do you look so worried, mum? <laughs> I yeah. will move us on. But that have I told the tampon cake story on the podcast before? I mean, tell it now because oh, I don't think so. I feel like you'd remember just that thing of people reacting when you're a kid and you're like, what the fuck have I done? So 
I was little and it was my mom's birthday and I wanted to make her something like crafty. So I got a shoebox and decorated it like a cake. And I was like, I need something for the candles. So I like rummaged through the bin and found her tampon applicators. Oh my God. (laughs) Used tampon applicators. And I, yeah. And I, I mean, they weren't, a mess because I think I would have noticed that you know but I was like oh great there's one inside the other like double you know <laughs> did you find 40 of them how heavy was her period <laughs> there were a lot I'm like I've got more than I need I'll save these for a different project for a different day and oh, I no. put little paper flames on them and I was like I've got a surprise and it wasn't it was my two older brothers who obviously were older enough that they knew what these were, and my dad and my mom. And I just remember, oh, God, the feeling of, like, happy birth. Oh, <laughs> fuck. What if I, like, the look of horror. Aww. And then they were Aww. too repressed to, like, laugh or tell me what they were. So I just spent the evening in silence knowing I had done something horrible, but I had Aww. no idea what it was. And actually, it was, like, a feminist masterpiece. That that's incredible. <laughs> Wish yeah, I saved it. Oh my god, I could have been Tracy Emin. Anyway, yeah, um, <laughs> she wishes. We've gone off in different directions. Erica, we always ask the question: If you had the perpetrator here now, what would you say to him? Get fucked. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something that's like a that. Good answer. Yeah. I think Every- it's good to be succinct. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Guys, our case takes us to a Hungarian village called... Now, I had to look up the pronunciation of this, and I was ready for, like, a vaguely Hungarian accent to tell me how it is pronounced, but the video I found went, Najairev. So that is what I will be calling it. But I suspect it's more like Negirev. I don't know. Najairev. It's like when people say Vajita. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, please, if you're Hungarian, let us know. So we've covered this sort of crime a few times, and there are well-known cases of this kind of crime over the centuries in Russia, France, Italy, the former Yugoslavia, Romania, and more. So guys, what do you think this crime is? Oh, so it's common. We don't have a year though, right? No year yet, but it is something that we've covered several times. So it's in Eastern Europe and it's in, where did you say? Russia, France... Italy. We covered a case in the former Yugoslavia. We covered a case in Italy. And oh, poisoning. What but specific type of poisoning, Katie? You poisoning are correct. Poisoning husbands. Poisoning husbands. Mass poisoning of husbands. Yeah. And I almost thought, well, we've, we've covered this so much. And I'm like, but this has happened so much. We have to cover this. And it, it just fascinates me how many cases there are. So here's another one. Have fun. Let's go. This is what happens when <clears throat> women aren't people and you're not allowed to get divorced. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet since like kind of the suffragettes and since sort of women have had more rights, the less poisoning's gone probably, down. Yeah, probably gone down. We should make sure a- policing has got better, but <laughs> has it though? We could make a little mass poisoning timeline and sort of look at the pattern. Um, but yeah, the Venn diagrams. And so to Najairev in 1911. When a woman called Mrs. Fazakas, or maybe it's Fazikas, I'm not sure, moved into town. She was a middle-aged midwife. By the way, I have Hungarian lineage, so I can rip these people apart with impunity. So if you start to think like, "Mm, she's been like, no, fuck you. Going way back. Great-great-grandmother, Apollonia Friedel. Anyway. She wasn't one of these, I hope. Okay. When a woman called Mrs. She was a middle-aged midwife with a mysterious past, including a husband who had strangely disappeared. But she came with strong references from doctors who touted her nursing skills. So question, was she able to get a job in the gyrev? Yes. Any difference of opinion on that, Erica, Hannah? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Let's get some difference. Wasn't able to... (laughs) Get a job just little bit of just variety. based on the uh, time. Okay. Yeah, I think although That's like good. I guess the one thing that women were allowed to be was like mothers, nurses, and prostitutes. Midwives. I guess at that time. That's kind of feels like the big three. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Uh, but then but at the same time, sewing. maybe she's You're allowed to do sewing. Don't forget sewing, that. Or a, a seamstress. Mm. But but maybe I feel like actually you wouldn't have asked this question. So I'm with Erica. Actually, I think no. I think she couldn't okay. get a job, and that led her down this righteous path of killing husbands. 
Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I mean, the reason I ask it is that if she had been in a bigger city, she probably wouldn't have gotten a job. So this town was about 60 miles south of Budapest, and it was a really, really small farming community. They had no midwives. They had no doctors. So like God knows what they were doing in the meantime. So they hired her on the spot. It's like murky pass, not a problem. You You come with references, fine. So she started just helping everyone with general medical stuff, delivering babies. Now question, there was a certain policy that made life especially unpleasant for women in Najirev at this time. What do you think the policy was? There are so many options. I'm going to go with when you have your period, you have to go to the edge of the village. Oh, interesting. That makes me think it's not correct. No, but that's such a, it's a creative guess. I like it. Blimey, what else could it, I mean, is it that, um, that, women weren't allowed to be seen by men? Because we've done a couple of cases whereby women have had to have other women be at their births because their husband has said, I don't want a man there. And then you're kind of like, yes, but the man has the knowledge of the, the birth. So maybe it was that male doctors weren't allowed to be close to them. I don't know. Okay. No, no, these are all really good guesses. Erica, any thoughts on what a policy would be that made life no. difficult? Hmm. Maybe she can't show her ankles. You know, that was a thing at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I know that would bother me. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty I'm sure. new pop socks and I want to use them. <laughs> Free the ankles. I'm pretty sure just looking at some of the photographs from this case that they were also not allowed to show their ankles. Um, Basically, it was that arranged marriages were the norm. So uh, there were virtually no um, consensual relationships, and it led to a lot of unhappy, violent marriages. There was no standard. There was no screening. It was like a guy could be any piece of shit, but he needed a wife, and women would get married off very young. There's a, a huge amount of poverty in this village, and women are working hard in the fields at home. It is not a happy place to be a woman. Or to be a man, for that matter. So in the background of these already super In the same way that childbirth is really hard for men. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. When you told your birth story and Rich so convincingly said, like, I actually think it was it was harder for me. And he said it so earnestly that I was like, yeah. I when believed did he say him. That? He was just joking around when I was at your house, but I totally believed him that he like meant that. And I was like, okay. He thinks he had a really uncomfortable chair and that was the worst <laughs> thing that happened. <laughs> I did a fucking yoga for pregnant women class when I still lived in London. And at one point the yoga teacher said, childbirth is very difficult for men. And everyone laughed and she was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause she was like, they don't know what to do. Like, she had a whole thing. We were oh, like, oh, nice try. Oh, seriously, like, none of us can piss properly. Anyway, let's get back. So, to the- in the background of these already cheerful events, we've got a little something called World War One happening. So, a lot of these men, these husbands, are sent off to war, but a bunch of POWs are sent to Najirev to be held. So this led to Mrs. Fazakaz providing a very different service. What do you think that service was? So prisoners of war, mm-hmm. they're being held in Budapest. No, they're being held in this village. Where is the village again? 60 miles south of Budapest. So it's kind of Budapest? I mean, no, it's, it's totally in the middle of nowhere, farming village. But what country is it in? Hungary. Okay, okay, okay. So the, so the I'm prisoners... starting to think that Rich did have a terrible time at this birth. So what, yeah. I'm having a child? And the child is coming from where? Oh, okay. I'm a nightmare. Anyway. Just know there are men in the village. What service does she have to start providing? It's either going to be torture or killing them or prostitution. Okay. Those are all very different answers. It's a happy triumvirate, though. Yeah, my gut was prostitution as well. Okay, right. But yeah, I felt yeah, like yeah. A, I'm glad you said it first because I was like, is that a pervy, pervy thing to say? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, the thing is, if it's wrong, it's more pervy. So let's see. Let's see yeah. where the <laughs> answer No, I think taking that for the team. I I'm think that's pervert. a really good guess. HG, any advance on that? If it's not 
prostitution. I mean, literally, are they are they making food for people? Like when someone gets oh. divorced and people go and take them food, or right, I'm so not sure. I mean, this is me. Like, I know that's not the prisoner of war experience. Like, <laughs> that people turn they up. Right, well, welcome to town. Yeah, right, <laughs> your little care package. These are all completely sensible guesses. The answer is she began performing abortions because. With all of these husbands away, these women started having sex with the prisoners of war and there were suddenly loads of unwanted pregnancies. Why weren't the prisoners of war in prison? I think they were like loosely held. I don't know. I'm sure the women had access to wherever they were. They made it happen. I have too many questions. Continue. I don't, but I wrote one of the darkest jokes I've ever written on this podcast. So we'll see if we keep it in. It's just that when I read this and she had to like change her job, I was thinking, remember the UK's Rethink, Reskill, Reboot ballerina posters and how bleak those were? I just pictured like a Mrs. Fazakaz's next job is an abortion. She just doesn't know it yet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dark. But it's the context of the time for people listening to this in five years' time. It's very satirical. It's very good. It's very clever, so yeah. it's okay. It's, it's very of its time. Don't so, slag it off. I'll keep us moving along. Soon the men return home, and I'm guessing that sending already depressed and violent men to war doesn't generally make them better. So then more and more women start confiding in Mrs. Fazakaz about the abuse that they're enduring at home. So rethink, reskill, reboot. Mrs. Fazakaz's next job is in poison. And she knows it. The poison that was used to start this process was extracted from fly paper. Side this note, is for the husbands. This is for the husbands. Now, fly paper was really commonly used at the time because they had huge bug problems. And so I had to go off on a tangent, continuing Taylor's Eastern European stand-up adventures, because the one gig I ever did in Budapest, I was on a float in the Danube River, and I've never been surrounded by so many insects in my life, and it was impossible. Like, already, they didn't really get our humor. It wasn't that they didn't understand us, they just didn't understand what the fuck we were joking about, but you'd get to, like, a punchline, and a bug would just go straight (laughs) throat so you'd be like i know this isn't gonna land anyway and then you'd be like (coughs) (laughs) so my brother said (laughs) it was ridiculous anyway so i can relate to these women is basically what i'm saying very similar experience what do you think the poison was that was on this fly paper i always thought that fly paper was just kind of sticky and the whole point of it was that you the flies stuck to it and they couldn't move and then they sort of died slowly it always felt if anything, this is making flypaper more humane if there was something in it that actually <laughs> killed them. So, like, maybe something like chloroform? Mm-hmm. That affects people, though. It does, but, yeah, it was a lot more hardcore. So it was actually arsenic. Okay. They just had pieces of paper hanging with arsenic on it, which I don't know why that's amusing to me, but it's just so it's so poisonous. <laughs> so what she would do is she would boil the flypaper and that became her potion. So she just had this kitchen full of boiling poisonous flypaper. She started giving this to wives to take care of their husbands because enough of them came to her and said, this is intolerable. I don't know what to do. And she said, if all else fails, use this. How many people are estimated to have died as a result of her poison? 200. Wait, there's only 60 people in the village. There's more than 60. Okay, then 200. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go lower. 40. 40. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it does completely depend on how big the town is. Because I guess you're probably talking 50-50 men and women. So maybe, I say, 10% of the town. And I guess the town, maybe, let's say it's 2,000 people. It comes to 200. It's Katie Wilkins. Okay. (laughs) Well, so this is the thing. You've got these people coming back from war with PTSD Mm -hmm. and no outlet. There's probably lots of violence. Yeah. Well, you are very, very close, guys. It was 300. Wow. Which is a lot. Because we're talking about only a few thousand people in this village. So it's a Big percentage. It's a high percentage, yeah. It's a lot of people. Now, the women behind this became known as the angel makers. This happened over a period of decades. This wasn't just a matter of a couple of years. But by 1929, Najirev was known as the murder district because of this. Now, the deaths of the husbands were almost always written off as heart attacks, which was feasible at the time. Drunk women solving crime. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So why was it known as a murder district? They were like, someone's doing it, but we don't know who. Why was it? Well, 1929 is about when the jig starts to be up. So Okay. So it was feasible that these guys are all having heart attacks. Like, you've had goulash. Come on. It's very heavy. But there was another reason. Again, lineage. I'm allowed. It's cool. But there was another reason she was allowed to carry on this long. Like, this goes on for decades. What do you think was allowing her to get away with this? For that long. Was she the only like physician in that or like somewhat <gasps> physician in that? Yes. Um, oh, that's area. a brilliant answer. They've got no other medical. They have to turn a blind eye to what their only doctor does. Yeah, she's that's a brilliant answer. She's still the only medical figure there for all of these people. And then she also has an inside connection that's helping her. What might that be? Is it maybe who she's married to? Is she married to the guy that does the, or the, she's the death the, certificate? The mayor. There so you go. So <gasps> it's the death guy. She, well, I think she bumps off her husband. Like there's this whole mystery of like, he kind of disappears, but her son-in-law is the coroner. So he <gasps> The is, death guy. That's what I meant. The coroner. Totally, yeah. They're t- the death guy. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're in cahoots and she's paying them off and every death he's like heart attack again shall we vary it up so she's like untouchable now at this time the first few years of this happening there was actually an ethical code to the angel maker club what was the first rule of angel maker club you do not talk about angel maker it club. literally was that it wasn't oh my god <laughs> it wasn't called a club so it's not quite fight club but I was so excited I'm like yeah don't talk about yeah yeah um there were a few other rules that they followed though what do you think some of their like what was the unspoken code of this husband killing thing gala don't tell your don't tell your brothers or cousins that are men okay don't let it don't let it get around to the other men yeah yeah something to do with who was allowed to use the service. Oh, man. Did you have to be beaten up by your husband first? Did you have to need it? Or I'm just- nodding as I drink my wine. Yeah, it had to do with her screening process was basically only married women could use the service because they're stuck. So oh, it couldn't okay. be a single woman who was like, I don't really like my boyfriend. It's like, well, you have an out. Couldn't be lovers. And no killing of other women or children. So it was only oh. husbands who were deemed unsuitable. Okay. Well, so far, like, her business model is quite, I mean, it's quite good. She's got the coroner. She's got the thing. She's got her kind of ethics within this, which is a very ethical business model. It's a very ethical, but it sounds like she's filing her taxes. Yeah, she's doing everything she should. So it's not innocent smoothies, but it's um, pretty good. (laughs) It's not not the body shop. It's not like the body shop launch, but similar. So women eventually start to abuse the service. What do you think starts happening? That a married woman will buy it for a single woman. Okay. So it starts getting into the quote unquote wrong hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they just start offing people they don't like. Erica, ah. welcome to the force. <laughs> You're an official member. They absolutely just start bumping off anybody oh. who pisses them off. Oh, so <laughs> no, they go too far. It's mean girls. <laughs> it goes... <laughs> They made her face smell like a foot. Okay, so that's all they did in Mean Girls. <laughs> they didn't kill all of the men in the village. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the community episode about Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah, it goes from like nice controlled murder to chaotic murder, which is a real shame. There's always someone that ruins it for the group. I know. I know. It's so true. It's just like the window that we used to escape from in the dorm and only four of us knew about it. And we're like, don't tell Annie, don't tell Annie. And then somebody told Annie and then it was all over. Next thing we knew, it was soldered shut. (laughs) Annie, Annie. if you're listening, fucking Annie. Okay. 
She's she's fun. She's from Australia. How you doing, Annie? I hope your life turned out good. <clears throat> but also, fuck you, Annie. You're in that window. <laughs> okay, so it go. It's crazy. Like I won't list everything, but like people started collecting inheritance from an uncle here, bumping up and bumping off an annoying sister there. Wow. A woman killed her husband because he was complaining about her having sex with her young lover and the house. So she. I mean, what a tattletale. <laughs> A few women murdered husbands just because they were bored of them. So it gets very willy-nilly. Man, it's so like every film ever where it starts like, oh my God, this yeah. is a noble cause. Yeah. We have to kill these evil, violent people. And then it like goes so far that it's like, yeah. oh, he frowned, let's get him. Yeah. There was one woman in particular called Julianne Lipka, who was the worst case. She murdered seven members of her family. Just one by one, like, don't like you because of this. Don't like you. You're the kid I didn't want. It's just horrific. So wow. my question is, how were they caught? So this is going on. She's still got the connection with the coroner. How do they get caught? Does a new doctor come to town and they don't have to protect her anymore? That's a very good guess. It's not correct, but it's a very good guess. <laughs> I think that the, the, uh, the, whatever the main woman, she told the coroner like, oh, I didn't sign off on these. Oh, she tries to like throw him. So then he can chase them like officially. Like, yeah, that's, that's a very good. good guess. I think if people didn't realize by the seventh person in one person's family, like dying, I mean, was it the eighth person? Was it yeah. somebody they just did. got- Lots of people just die in these days. Well, they did. And that probably was enough at the beginning. And the other thing you have to picture is, again, this is still a small village. She's still the only person. But not only is she the only medical person, but people are terrified of this woman. And they actually think where their mind goes isn't like, oh, she's poisoning everybody. It's like she's a witch doctor. She has supernatural powers and she's bringing a curse on the village. And there are these I shouldn't say amazing quotes, like chilling quotes from men who just go, we're surrounded by women and we're terrified for our lives. Like the men are just like, what is going on? We're dying. We're getting outnumbered. This what, is so hell. enough men have died that the men are outnumbered because mm-hmm. there's been wars and stuff. Yeah. So wow. yeah. through the looking glass. <laughs> okay. No. So what it took was a really large scale observation. What was happening is that Hungary was coming up on its 10-year census. So they started looking at every town and the deaths. And uh, No way, that's how they found them. That's crazy. Yeah, so they called the through. Statistics is how they found them. Yeah. It's even more boring than Al Capone on tax evasion. <laughs> it's like numbers don't add up here. Yeah, it was just such a huge percentage that they're like, even with the famine in that area, you know, disease, this looks pretty dodgy. So It's an anomaly. It's an Let's anomaly. investigate. <laughs> yeah. So another thing happens. They start investigating and one of her customers cracks and confesses. So they're like, OK, we've got this woman. We've got to build a case for her. So they arrest Mrs. Fazakaz and she's got an accomplice that she works with as well. And they question them. Question, do you think they confessed? Yes. I'm going to go yes so that you guys can go no and let's have a debate. (laughs) (laughs) Very noble, Katie. Very noble. (laughs) I think they're worried it's gone too far and they they want some kind of authority figure to rein them in. Mm. I think maybe like, I know it sounds awful, but I've watched so many courtroom dramas to the point where if I'd ever killed 300 people and someone said, you killed 300 people, didn't you? I think I'd say no, just to sort of see how it played out, because either way, it's my life is kind of going to be ruined. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you may as well. It doesn't matter what you, from this point on, have fun because it's over. Well, yeah. And then also, you you know, you see things and you read things in the press and you're like, those people fucking got away with it and it's insane. But then at the same time, these people are women. It depends who you are in court as to whether you're going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. I think she said no, because why admit to that extent of killing people? Okay. okay. Erica, what do you think? Yeah, I think she also said no. I think she'll just be like, yeah, I had nothing to do with this. They, if they killed them, wasn't me. <laughs> you know, pull a shag, pull a shaggy on him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> she, she absolutely pulls a shaggy. Wasn't right. us. And they don't really mm-hmm. have anything because her customer retracts it's her statement. It's too catchy. It's too catchy. You can't <laughs> it's argue too catchy. It. <laughs> the woman who had spilled the beans retracts her statement. Out this of, is why you never confess. 
out of fear. And she says, the police bullied me into it. It wasn't a true statement. So they're released because they don't have anything on them. And that makes them look even more untouchable to the villagers because they're just like walking out of the police investigation, like, we're fine. Don't worry about it. And the men are, ooh. So what Mrs. Fazekas doesn't realize is that after this, she's under surveillance now. So they're on her. Okay. And what's the first thing you do if you're being accused of a crime you've done? You try to silence everybody. So she starts going from house to house to every customer and saying, shut up, they're onto us. But they're watching her do this. So it's basically she goes to one house, warns them, threatens them, then goes to the next and they just go arrest that person. They're like, so how was that conversation? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. and also in a, in a village that big, they're like literally going next door. <laughs> I know, you fucking shut up. No, no, no. You, you shut up as well. Like, I mean, it must have been so many people. Yeah, <laughs> like quick in the terrace buildings. Yeah. About, I watched a thing the other day. It was 24 hours in police custody. And what was interesting about it was it was like this drugs raid and they knew exactly who it was. They had evidence, but they were like, we need them to carry on because we need to catch them at a bigger moment in this scam. And that I found fascinating because I think if yeah. I was a police officer, I'd be like, ah, I know it was you. But you forget that actually they need to build a case. It needs to be and prosecutable. Yeah. And she, even I can't at believe this she went time, straight yeah. to everyone's house. I know. I know. That's the only way you let there's, you know, I, I don't even think they would have had telephones in this village. Like, I don't think they were this advanced. Go door to door. It's a door to door thing. I've never, ever heard a case where the men were scared. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, that's um, I mean, maybe the men have been scared the whole time, and that's why we have witch trials. But this is the first time I've felt like it, I've heard it on record. Hmm. Yeah, I, I sort of I think in like witch trial cases, guys get pretty scared of women, don't they? Like, if you give us I mean, supernatural yeah. powers, then like okay. let's assume, yeah. yeah. But also, it's misogyny. Like, but but these men are legitimately scared because they could get poisoned. Yeah, I mean, you have to think a, a lot of them even knew what was going on. But again, they're like, well, what will the witch do to us if we know? You know, is it better to just keep quiet and try like to be a better a, husband? It's a or? <laughs> genuine flip. It's like mm. a genuine flip. Mm-hmm. Like the women are normally like, oh, I might get beaten to death if I don't do this. Yeah. And and then the, it's I've, it's extraordinary. I, yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, continue. it is. It's a really, I got really sucked into this case. Definitely. Now, Mrs. F., learn something about arsenic, which makes her panic for her maintaining innocence. What do you think she learns about arsenic? Is it how long it takes to decompose in a corpse? It's exactly that. She did not realize that it could be detected in a corpse at all, let alone how long it sticks around. So this is my favorite part of this case. Determined not to be caught, she hatches a plan with 13 other angel makers. Oh no. What's the plan? Dig up the corpses and corpses and burn them. Well, that's the first place that my head would go, but it's Ooh. a little bit simpler than that. But you're in the right ballpark. They definitely go to the cemetery. Kill all the people that would investigate. That would have been another way to go. Put arsenic in every home. So it's just like, oh, everyone's just got arsenic. That might have worked better than what they do. <laughs> Sorry, I've answered for everyone. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Kate's taken all the answers we could have. I've answered four times. (laughs) Erica, quick, say something. Did they just go to the cemetery, dig them up, and and cut the hair? Because doesn't it keep in the hair mostly? The hair. So sort of strategic, yeah, tinkering. That's That's not what you say with corpses. Tinkering with the corpse. I only tinkered with that corpse. (laughs) Um, HG? I don't know. Yeah, just jumping on what Erica said, I think that's like, Something, I mean, I know you can't really do this, but did they like change the headstone? Yes, they fucking did. Oh, well done. Fuck. Oh, oh, I've wow. always wondered if I was an evil genius and now I know. Oh. And oh, I'm Hannah. so glad you got that because I was thinking like. I'm scared anyway. of that. No, no, no. It's just, I'm surprised that's never come up in a case before. Cause it's like, well, you look too suspicious if you dig up all these bodies. Like it's going to look really. Swap the fucking headstone. Swap the headstones to the non poison people. But. Well, the people in the families would be like, wasn't his grave (laughs) over there? It was the witch. Don't question the witch. Wasn't he six foot six? This is definitely the grave of a child. 
Like, I mean, there's going to be problems. Yeah, like geographically, for one night, sure, brilliant. Mm. When everyone goes to do the next flowers, you're you're rumbled. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a short-term solution to a long-term problem. But they don't get that far because they're caught in the act because they're still surveying her. I mean, they're still totally on her. So they're there. And I was just thinking... How hard it would be to look innocent when you're in the middle of moving headstones. <laughs> we were playing large scale chess. <laughs> I would be like, I had a vision. This guy wants his tombstone over there. It's not for me to question the ghosts. She probably did say something like that. You can't imagine she was quiet. This yeah. is just what we do on the weekends. You don't know. Maybe she was um, like, I'm feng shuiing the graveyard. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That would be brilliant. They're not at rest. They're not at rest until I put this over there. Yeah, this is the best energy. What's your point? So the police exhumed 50 bodies, 46 of which contained arsenic. So the headstone moving was only going to do so much anyway. Um, How many widows do you think are arrested for the crime of murdering their husbands? I'm going to go for, because everyone just accepted that it was a really misogynistic time and it wasn't fair on women. And what else could they have done? Everyone's like, you know what, women, we're sorry. And everyone lived happily ever after. That's my answer. (laughs) That's exactly what happened, Katie. It was the most (gasps) progressive. Of course course not. Okay, fine. Of course not. Yeah, because I was being sarcastic and I'm just drunk enough to be like such a dick. (laughs) (laughs) You're a deadpan answer, mate. so cruel. You're right. No, you aren't. <laughs> Erica, how many no. widows are arrested for these murders? What do you reckon? Uh, it's more than four, Erica. More than four. Mm. It is more than four. <laughs> there was 200, 200 were dead or 300, was it? So 300 gonna... estimated dead, although they don't know that yet. But there's only 50 arsenic bodies. Yeah, they've got 50. Very 50. good, Katie, yeah. Okay. 50 arsenic bodies. Well, 46 so far. they got 46 bodies. I'm going to go... 30 because no actually I'm gonna go 10 because there was some family members right it's not just one-to-one to to husband okay HG part of me thinks that they might have got onto the coroner link by now because they know that he's related to her Mm. so they might have gone right we're literally going to accuse everyone whose husband has died suddenly of a heart attack so I think maybe a hundred and 50 people were accused. Mm, you, you're you super close. It was 100 widows arrested. Um, wow. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of coming to the end of the case, and I want to ask, what do you think happens to Mrs. Fazekas? Do they get her? she convicted? What happens? I think they just go, hey, you know what? Just... <laughs> Move house. <laughs> Go to the next village and be a midwife there. Katie's trying so hard to build a little utopia in Hungary here. Yeah. <laughs> in 1929. <laughs> Is it not working? <laughs> I wish it had. I wish it had. Um, it's hung, drawn, and quartered, doesn't she? Okay. I think she gets a lighter sentence. Ooh, than the rest that's of interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because- like, but like, why? Sorry. Because like... Uh, she didn't necessarily do the killing, but she did, like, yes. teach them. But... Yes, she's right. just a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. You can't kill knowledge. That's not a crime. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like we talked about it in another episode, being an accessory to murder. And the thing, <laughs> the thing about being an accessory to murder is it's not as bad as murdering someone, but what if that's accessory to 100 murders? Like, even if you get a year for each, you're right. going to go down. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe she gets more lenient because I agree. I think that she mm. get a little more lenient sentence, but mm. I also think that there's so many there that, and I don't know if they have capital punishment, but I think if there is capital punishment, maybe the women who actually physically gave them the stuff got got killed, but she didn't. Mm. They did have capital punishment, FYI. Right. Um, it's more of a dramatic ending than that for Mrs. Fazakas. We'll get to the widows. Mrs. Fazakas kind of knows this is happening by now, and she can see them coming to arrest her over the hill, and she poisons herself and kills herself. Oh, wow. She's like Cleopatra with the snake. Yes, or Walter White is what I was thinking about. She does a total Breaking Bad and just goes like, nope, I'm not. 
I'm not doing this. I'm going out my own way. So she's dead by the time they get into the house and they just find gallons of boiled flypaper. She never changed her method. She's like, it works and I'm sticking with it. Wow. Yeah. Now the trial, all these other people who are accused go to trial and there's so many details I, I won't go into, but there's there's one bit of testimony that just cracked me up. One of the lawyers is questioning one of the widows and he says, do you know what the Ten Commandments are? And the woman just shouts, no. <laughs> and he says, uh, like, is so surprised she said that. And he says, but what about thou shalt not kill? And she shouts, never heard of it and goes back to her seat. <laughs> What a, what a queen. I love her. <laughs> what a queen. Yeah. Do you know what? It works so much better in your accent as well, Taylor. As well. <laughs> never heard of never it. Never heard of it. Yeah, I don't, again, in Hungarian, I'm not sure how but it But even sound, in Hungarian, I think it'd be pretty boss. That's so, so great. Eight women are sentenced to death. Wow. Twelve women are sentenced to prison, most of them for life sentences. But there's still mystery to this day about the case because subsequent bodies were found in other villages where nobody was ever arrested. And it's unclear whether other people started doing this in other villages or was Fazakaz supplying this to other places that they don't even know about. So there could be many, many more victims. So I'm just going to end it by saying, having done enough of these cases now, I'd venture that the moral of the story is if you don't treat women like people, they become animals. Cheers. 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 Drunk women solving crime. It's time for our patron shout outs. Guys, what is Patreon? You've heard us shout out on previous episodes, but I'm just going to tell you, Patreon's a platform where you can support your favorite artists to keep making the content you love. And we're on Patreon now. So... In return, you become part of a dedicated Drunk Women Solving Crime community, and we've got special monthly rewards as thanks. We've got stuff like ad-free episodes, video links to our pre-recorded live shows, and we do extra content, which is called the Drunk Women Lock-In, where we debrief after our recordings, and God, we spill everything from the very personal and gossipy to the profound and to the downright crass and gossipy. Katie's gone for you too, right? <laughs> she's just I mean, gone. Yeah, I don't know where she's gone. I think she's going <laughs> to put another log on her fucking fire that keeps oh, cackling us. I was hoping it would crackle during the episode, because when we logged on, <laughs> our producers, like Amanda's like... <laughs> You know, we hear this like, and she's like, what is that? What is that snapping in the background? Katie's like, I've got a real fire next. It's unbelievable. I'm, f- I'm, I'm fuming with her to be honest. Erica, I'm so sorry. Sorry you had to be here to witness that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. And here are our patrons this week. Jennifer Hoffman, Lucy Brown, Melinda Hansen, Helen McDiarmond, Nicholas Alderson, Steve Maxwell, Miss Petrie, Ben Shuchuk, Stephen Hallmark, E. Nielsen, Debbie Nizoliak, and Sarah, aka Detective Overshare. You can give me a detective name to say, but it started getting really confusing with messages. So if you can just put it in your name. Katie? Hey. Katie, hi. Are you ready? Hang on. <laughs> She's hammered. <laughs> not hammered yeah you are and it's fine <laughs> hi gorgeous hi are you I'm not hammered. <laughs> it's cool either way it's not whatever you are is is a glorious thing it's time to solve our listener crime this comes to us from claire on patreon and she writes my dear drunk women i have a crime that could do with your insightful detective input a few years ago my now boyfriend and his family were off on a safari holiday They were notified by their alarm company that the sensors had been triggered back in their home in Spain and asked the police to check it out. They had indeed been robbed. Many thousands of euros worth of jewelry and other valuables had been taken from the house and the safe. Can I just say, Claire, you've done very well with this boyfriend and I hope it works out for you because that sounds like a very well-to-do what yeah, to do, go safari. safari holidays, a house in Spain with an alarm and jewelry. Going on safari and somebody stealing thousands of pounds worth of my stuff. Like, Someday. I didn't have thousands of pounds worth of my stuff. That's a dream. Someday. Wow. No, not to make light of it. This was a serious crime. Now, when the police, this gets, this gets interesting, guys. When the police got there, they began an investigation which included taking fingerprints. Fair enough. 
But this had its complications. One, the police accidentally, question mark, knocked the fingerprints into bleach, rendering most of them useless. And the fingerprints that did come back only belonged to the police themselves. No robbers were ever arrested. So the question remains, were the police themselves involved? And this is a hard one because obviously the police are always right. It sounds like an inside job from that. Hmm, what do we think? Did you guys see, there was like a thing uh, that came out recently that like most robberies were from cops. It's like, <laughs> someone said something about like, the police are actually defunding us now. <laughs> like they've been, <laughs> yeah. I think it's them. I think the cops did it. Gosh. Yeah. Fair That's enough. Because also you're supposed to wear, like whenever I've seen cop shows, which I'm sure are 100% accurate, yeah. they're always wearing gloves, right? Whenever yeah. they're doing fingerprinting and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the real cops are not. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a super good point. Why didn't they have gloves on? If they're but then at the same time, why didn't they have gloves on when they were doing the robbery because, if they were doing the robbery? Because they well, only have a high school education. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Oh or they God, flunked and then did a six-week class. <laughs> that's yes. like <laughs> this is an excellent point. Yeah, this is, this is open and shut. You think so? Yeah, this is bent coppers. Sounds like it. How do you knock the? Yeah, that just seems you so <laughs> careless. Oops! Whoa. Like, you, don't, like, <laughs> you just say you did it. What you've really done is protect you and your buddies, and you go, oh, this terrible accident with some bleach. But what you mean is, because we're fine Because who's leaving a can of, or not a can, but a jug of bleach without the cap securely on it? Like, that's careless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, kids can't get into that. Like, you you know, there's the child lock on the top of bleach. Like, that's nothing accidental is happening with bleach. Well, that, and I doubt it works that differently in Spain. This would go off to a forensics lab. They're not just sitting there with fingerprints handling them. Like, they package them, and then they're gone. Like, they shouldn't even have them. They're tampering with a case. They are preventing it from going to the forensics lab. Yeah. They are bent coppers being evil. Yeah. Um, so I would look into this with your, with your boyfriend in between safaris. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, that's not to say we don't have sympathy with you just because you have a lovely life where you go on safari. Oh no, not at all. It's just how good does that sound after we've been stuck in our houses? Like yeah. a safari, I would get robbed just to go on safari. Because right look, all of the people listening to this podcast that have had a nice time and that's their crime, they're going to be like, oh, well, I won't tell them about my safari crime because they're going to mock me for having <laughs> such a nice life. Did I, I go in them- too hard? Have I gone in no. too hard? Did I blame no, the we victims? We, no, all, we all did it. I mostly just wanted to say, like, Claire, sounds like a lot of fun with your boyfriend. Just they have options of where they can travel. That's all I'm saying. Okay. But what? I was just going to say, but only if he's nice to you. But only he's not worth nice staying with if you. he's not nice. Absolutely. Safari means nothing if he's not nice. Yeah. Very good point. And if he's Katie. not nice, you've just listened to an entire episode of Wow. <laughs> you can, you know, get out of that. Yeah. Yes. yeah there are options, babe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is the kind of press that we don't want. Okay. <laughs> Erica, we've got time to hear from you. Let us know. What have you got going on right now? I was watching your stand-up and it is absolutely fantastic. You are so dark and so dry. It is such a delight to watch. I think you're great. And I <laughs> wanted to leave with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I would like to agree. I also watch you on your... So weird, isn't it? How now you know people because you like watch videos mm. of them online, which feels a bit weird. Yeah. But yeah. I know. But it and it great. always feels weird when someone says that, even if it's complimentary, but I had to say it. Very good. No, um, it, feels, so, if, it feels good. good. <laughs> it doesn't feel weird. More. More, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't do it to be told your shit. You do it yeah, to no. hear how awesome you are at it. So um, what have you got going on at the moment? Obviously, it's been kind of lockdown central, but you're back in Canada at the moment? I am, yeah. Uh, yeah. No live dates at all, which I'm, I've am i come to terms with already. Fair um, enough. But 
yeah, something I've written on is coming out kind of soon. Um, Ooh, so tell us. What's that? It's called Death to 2020. It's coming out on Netflix. Oh, wow. cool. And, like, Fabulous. Pretty hot. Oh, is, that the, is that the Charlie Brooker thing? It is, yeah. No, it is. Oh, right. Oh, right. Because oh, right. Tanya Moore, who was on the podcast, she's written on it. And I think Kima Bob, do you know? Oh, is it Kima? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Kima's written just... on it. She's in it too, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. That's very so cool. Yay. Very cool. Oh, that's oh, amazing. That's awesome, though. I'm so excited for that Yay, show. Because, I'm like, excited too. I love that. Mm. Yeah, Hugh Grant's in it. Pretty excited for that. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. Yep. Wow. Even with his like liver spots still down. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, like even more. Yeah. Oh, like, Paddington <laughs> too. I was like, yes. Even though he's a twat, like mm-hmm. is his finest hour. I love him in Paddington too. Until this, until this new show, and then that oh, will be his finest hour. I love older Hugh Grant. I think he's better. He's better. There's an Never edge spots. to it. He's a, he's a good comedy baddie as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's great. That's fun. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Erica, where can we find you to check out your stuff and uh, keep up with what you're doing? Uh, Yeah, just on Twitter and Instagram. And then I also have a podcast. Um, My Instagram and my Twitter is just Erica Ehler. And then my podcast is called Brain Worms, which I just ramble (laughs) into a a mic so that I don't go insane while living at my parents' house. It it hasn't really worked, but uh, (laughs) it's it's fine. It's something to do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds great, Erica. How how long have you been in your parents' house? Like 10 months, something like that. Okay, that's long. Yeah. Oh my God, I was there for like 19 years. So Um, that was while I was growing up, but it's it's not quite the same. Okay. But yeah, lockdown as well. It's a lot, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Once again, let's give a big round of applause to our guest, Erica Ehler. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.